0: The problem is you need to have a yacht (laughs) and I don't have a yacht. Just waiting for that.
1: So how do you reverse engineer that in today's day and age where it's... All right. Welcome back to another episode of Recess, the unfiltered podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs. Today we have a fun topic I think is long overdue because it's something that I had heard maybe a year ago and we haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, but it's engineering luck. We did One of our first few episodes was about engineering luck, but it was kind of a different, less structured um, version of what we're going to talk about today. But I would heard from a few different people, some big people in the, in the tech space, the business world. Sean Puri has talked about this. Naval Ravi has talked about this. Tim Ferriss. And it's about the four levels of luck and basically how you can actually become luckier as a person, but breaking this down strategically. So the first level of luck is blind luck. This is luck that you cannot control. This is basically, you're born with the disease. You're born in a certain country. You get struck by lightning um, or you win the lottery. Maybe winning the lottery, you could engineer a little bit, but for the sake of this, not really, right? It's like, there's no point focusing on trying to control this kind of luck because it just it's random. There's not much you could do about it. So that's blind luck. Number two, fortune favors the bold. So this is basically when you take a ton of action – And you have all this motion. And because of that, good things happen. So say you apply to 15 jobs and get no responses. But now you apply to like 200 jobs and you get 10 responses, right? Those 10 lucky responses are a result of you kind of putting in extra effort. And you know, it's like they say, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's basically what this level two luck is. These are pretty common. Everyone knows about blind luck and the harder you work, the luckier you get. Um, this is kind of like some other examples of increasing this luck surface area is like JK Rowling. When she wanted to publish Harry Potter, the first few publishers that she tried to contact, they all said no. But because she like pushed this out to like dozens of different publishers, one of them said yes. And all you need is one, right? So it's like the harder you work and the more work you put in there, the luckier you get. Um, let's see. Uh, Another one would be like entrepreneurs who have started many businesses and like the first All the first few failed, and then they finally have one successful one, right? Um, All right. So the third kind of luck is where things get a little bit more sophisticated. The third kind is chance favors the prepared mind. So this is when you get lucky because you have a lot of preparation or a lot of knowledge about a specific field or topic, right? So, for example, penicillin, the drug, when it was discovered by Alexander Fleming, he discovered that because he had a background in – bacteriology or something. And so because he had all this knowledge and preparation studying this specific topic, he happened to get lucky discovering this drug. But it was because it was within his realm of expertise, right? Or another one might be like a very s- successful investor. They might recognize a potential good investment because they've gone through so many of these, right? Um, or an investor recognizing like a potential startup if it'll do well or not and investing early and getting lucky. Because he has tons and tons of experience in the venture capital space or something like that. Um, so this is where you basically study up on a certain topic, get really good at something, and then you happen to get lucky with the, the, the stocks you pick or things like that, right? Finally, any, any thoughts so far? No, keep going. Okay. Finally, the last level of luck. This is the most interesting to me. It's reputational luck. So this is instead of you trying to get lucky by doing a ton of things, this is where luck finds you. And kind of what that means is you build up this personal brand or reputation. And because of that, other people will present you with lucky opportunities. So say you're the world's best deep sea scuba diver, right? And everyone knows this and that's your reputation. Now, instead of you just going down in the ocean, trying to find things on your own and getting lucky, um, maybe with a level three luck of where to find good treasure. Now, since you've built up this reputation someone in Australia might call you up and say, hey, you're an expert scuba diver. We've, we have clues that in this spot, there's a ton of treasure on the, on the reef of Australia. We want you to come and find this treasure for us and we'll give you 50% of the cut. So you got lucky with this treasure and this opportunity because you'd built up this brand and this presence of being really good at what you do, right? So <clears throat> some other examples are like maybe Tim Ferriss attracting very high profile guests to his podcast. Because he has this reputation of a thought leader and an author or a scientist who becomes very well-known in their field and they become – they get invited to speak at all these big conferences and they get lucky in that regard, right? So people find them. It's also not
0: just that though. You can also structure things that aren't necessarily directly correlated exactly to your position as – in society, as like being famous or something, because a lot of these have to do with like, oh, you just have to be famous, and then people will give you this and that. And while that is part of this mm-hmm. like part type of luck, it can even be the way you structured things. For example, if you're a VC firm, sometimes it can be hard to get into investing in the startups, right? And so part of the startup game and VC game is having a bunch of capital and giving a bunch of money to startups, and then hopefully one of them hits home run. Mm-hmm. But the other part of that is having access to these different businesses. In order to invest into them, right? And so a lot of VC firms have to vie for different investments and have to try to find people who can – so they're always cold DMing or emailing people or like trying to look for new opportunities, right? Now you take the same model and you say – you flip it on its head and say how can instead of us going and looking for people to invest, now we're Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And now people want to come on our show to pitch us. And so now not only do we not have (laughs) to look for investments anymore because they're coming to us. Secondly, there's pre-vetting that's happening for us. And thirdly, all the ones we do invest into, now that they're on TV. have a huge <laughs> upside just because they're on TV. And so now I'm investing into them before the, it gets aired, before they have any of that extra mm-hmm. uh, headwind or tailwinds behind them to push them to sell a bunch of new product or whatever. So that's basically taking the situation that you're in, which is I have to go look for this and saying how can we flip it on its head to where instead of us having to go look for this opportunity – It'll come to us. Yep. So that's Shark Tank, right? That's exactly the situation exactly. of luck, right? I think that's a phenomenal analogy. So and the they Ford... didn't all have to be famous. They just had to like create this system into where they had money. They could have been just regular VCs. Instead, they just made a new model that made it in their favor, made exactly. the luck in their favor.
1: So now kind of maybe bringing it back to an, to our audience. How can someone engineer their own luck using these kind of four levels, specifically the reputational luck? What are some ways that people could just get luckier by applying these principles? Any ideas? So I have a theory
0: that over 90% of luck is basically a conference of luck from one person to another. You call it luck or some type of like knowledge opportunity, mm-hmm. whatever, from one person to another, right? Like, for example, in 2011, if somebody, <laughs> one of your friends told you about Bitcoin and you bought a couple Bitcoins, you could be rich now, right? Or um, I know a guy, <clears throat> I don't know him <laughs> personally, but I've heard of this guy. He was, you know, he worked in in New York or something and he wasn't super wealthy, but he had like some money. And at his gym that he worked out at, there were some high up guys in Wall Street, Right. So he meets these guys and they they're talking and they mentioned that there's this uh, this thing going on, right? There's a bunch of IPOs, right? Mm-hmm. And it was the IPO boom in like two thousands. And so back then there wasn't a ton of uh, regulations around the IPOs, and so they people were selling out a lot of their shares right before it IPO'd. And so this guy got in with these Wall Street guys, became friends with them, and now he had the opportunity to buy a bunch of shares, and literally sell them the next day for, like, 2X. <laughs> and dude went from, like, having 100K in savings to, like, being worth, like, 50 to 100 million in, like, the, the time frame of, like, less than a year. And so, yeah, that's lucky. That's super lucky. But how did he get lucky? Is because, first of all, he had the uh, connections to the people that had this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And then he was the type of person that <clears throat> got along with them, and they liked him, and they, like, helped him out, and... They worked together and it turned out really well from there, right? It wasn't because he was like working harder, which is like that first level of luck. Yeah. He wasn't even that smart or like did anything <laughs> that crazy. He wasn't like a crazy <clears> investor <throat> beforehand. He just had some like money saved up and he didn't really do anything. He was like, I don't know, some random
1: ass guy. Like he didn't really yeah. do anything special. How, do you know how he got these connections or how he met those people? Yeah, it was at the gym. He went to oh, like Equinox kind of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, he was like a stud, and he just like I don't know. Was at the gym. He like talked to people, and like was a like cool guy that they, people just wanted to be around. So he was yeah. just like hanging out with these guys. Next thing you know, so he didn't have any of those. Like he didn't work harder. He didn't work smarter. He just got lucky, right? But how was he lucky? Because he positioned himself in a way where he met these people and was good friends with them. I and like stuff, that.
1: Right? Luck gets transferred from one person to another, basically.
0: Right. So that's one way, right? Now, that's not super repeatable, and it's not something where I can just go and say, like, oh, I just need to meet the same person that he met or someone like that, Mm -hmm. right? So in order to make that opportunity more available to, like, everyone and make it more repeatable, I think one of the biggest ways to do it is to build a public brand Mm -hmm. through something like a Twitter, right? And so how do you do that? i mean I'm not one to say because I don't have a giant Twitter following <laughs> maybe one day well, even but it's about
1: podcast similar similar idea
0: right yeah okay so for example even our podcast right so it used to be if I want to go talk to someone and I want to quote unquote pick their brain or whatever what do I have to do I have to reach out to them they I have to convince have them a... that it's worth their time to talk to me exactly which like realistically it's probably not, it's not. because what am I gonna <laughs> give them like and hour of their time where they're telling me stuff and I'm like, thanks so much. Yeah. Like, I'm to buy them a coffee or something. So really, instead of having that issue of I have to now go out and look for people to find, instead, what if I created a situation to where people would want to come and talk to me? Mm. We're not quite there yet, maybe one day. But there's still, we have a, a way better way of talking and connecting with these people because now the people that we're talking to, instead of, picking their brain for an hour they come on the podcast and have distribution for their ideas and it makes it more of an enjoyable experience first of all second of all it, they have more upside for doing it instead of just like helping one person they could be helping potentially a couple hundred if mm-hmm. they happen to listen to the podcast right and so they have distribution for that idea and so they feel like they're doing something bigger which is better so now instead of having to go out of our way to like try and convince people to talk to me with like probably not that much luck Mm-hmm. Now I can talk to people like Larry Geese for 30 minutes and have a conversation yeah with him, right
1: exactly and it's like the serendipity of it it's like okay on that Larry geese example we had prepared this whole Larry Geese conversation and podcast what do you know he brings on a second guest who's the CFO of Potbelly and that was complete luck just because we had we've built up this thing where now he's like oh he listened to a few podcast episodes he's like, oh maybe David would be a good guest too and so he brought him on and we've gotten lucky in other ways too like Just from listeners from this podcast, for example, someone had heard our stories. They heard that you were interested in real estate private equity. They're a headhunter. They reached out and said, hey, would you want to talk about potentially getting into this industry? You seem like a great guy based on and I really connect with your personality from the way you talk about yourself on the podcast. Let's make that happen. Like that's it could be said as like pure luck. Right. But I think that's level four luck right there. Where Now they found you because you were putting out this identity into the world, you know. So that's pretty cool. So I think um, really like it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all
0: one, one size fits all thing to make luck because the luck someone one person wants is very different than the one mm-hmm. someone else wants. So if I just say to someone, no, oh, well, if you want to get lucky, just make a Twitter following and it will work out for you. It doesn't really quite work that way. I think there's nuances to everything. I think, number one, like <clears throat> having a big brand and having like a lot of people following you and like understanding your ideas and knowing you pretty well, that can help like pretty much all areas, right? Like I can't think of many that it doesn't help. But I think in every situation, if you say, this is the issue I have, I am currently doing X. I'm reaching out to people. I'm trying to find new places to scuba dive. I'm trying to find new people to invest into. I'm Whatever it is. So I'm trying to do this and I'm going out of my way to do this. What if instead of doing that, how could I get these same things to come to me instead of me going to them, mm-hmm. right? And so now you have to reverse engineer that too. How can I flip it on its head to where it helps me out versus I have to go out of my way to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So you're gonna have to start out doing it. So you start out by reaching out to people. You start out by finding places exactly. to
1: You don't go from to, to level four immediately. You go from level two to level three to level four then.
0: Yeah, but you try to figure out a way that's clever to flip it on its head. Like for example, Shark leverage. Tank, right? So Shark Tank is an amazing example of this because they would be VC guys, angel investors, going out and finding people to invest into. Now, they created a concept to where, flipped it, those people are coming Mm -hmm. to the Shark Tank, coming on, trying to get on it, whatever. So that's kind of how I think about it. It's, yeah. it's very nuanced, obviously, but I think building a brand is probably a good start in pretty much
1: 99% of areas when you're trying to create luck. I totally agree. I think that's a very tangible way to go about it. I'd say, like, maybe a few steps to building that brand is, like, number one, consistently produce high-quality work. Um, just basically, like, strive for excellence in your field and just make sure that work that you're putting out reflects your own expertise and your your understanding of the world. And the other thing is, like like, cultivate a unique voice that's true to you. And I think that's how you escape competition through authenticity. And so if you are now putting out your unique perspective that no one else can, you're not really copying anyone else. It's your own words, that all of a sudden attracts an audience towards you. Um, And then just sharing this knowledge in like the public domain, whether that be like publishing articles, writing blog posts, creating videos, podcasts, tweets, like you said, some way where people can actually have access to what's going on in your mind in a public sphere so that they don't have to have a one-on-one with you every single time. and then from there, yeah, then either find ways to develop that personal brand, whether it be through, like, building a website, publishing those articles that you make on social media, things like that. Um, I think that's, like, a, a, it's one of the routes to get very lucky, I think.
0: So I think I, this, this brings me back to another idea. And I, I don't know if we've talked about this on the pod, but we have a, new, a bunch of new listeners, so we'll talk about it again if it has. Um, basically, I think pretty much the average person, right, they start on square one with every new relationship. Right. So I meet you. I have to introduce myself. I'd say, you know, and then eventually, like, nice to meet you. Like, uh, this is who I am. This is what I've done. And throughout time, you'll realize like, oh, like, you know, Jacob's really interested in this or he's really interested in that. And now if something comes to me, like I see some tweet, I'll send it his way because Mm -hmm. I know he's interested in that. Or if I see something on Instagram or I... Hear of my friends that's hiring in some random thing. He'll do that. But then if I go meet someone else, got to do the whole same thing over again, right? Got to go meet them, tell them, oh, this is it's the same whole concept. I have to do the same thing over and over and over again. And so that's like playing life on difficult mode because <laughs> you have to keep doing this over and over again. You have no social proof. You have no credibility. Like no one really knows who you are. Like you have no, none of your like past work is conveyed through my interactions. I have to build that up through every single relationship that I'm in right and so it, it used to be that a great way to do this and a lot of people would do this they'd have a yacht and mm. they'd have yacht parties and who gets invited to yacht parties rich famous people right I mean it doesn't maybe not famous but they've done something they're cool and attractive in woman. some way and attractive <laughs> that's besides the point <laughs> <laughs> but the person that owns the yacht what's everyone gonna say when they leave thank you so much for bringing me on your <laughs> yacht like you feel indebted to them and you're not just that but also they must have done something they have a yacht <laughs> there must be like so they have the social proof credibility all that type of stuff right awesome now I'm not starting from square one with every single person I meet because once a week I have a yacht party and all these cool people are coming on my yacht they're kind of indebted to me they know I have social proof they know I've done something cool now I have all this opportunity to that I met these people that they can confer luck to me yeah whatever it is right the problem is You need to have a yacht. (laughs) And I don't have a yacht. Just waiting for that. So how do you reverse engineer that in today's day and age where it's easy? It's not I have to wait 15, 20 years to buy a yacht and then have people on my my yacht to have a party, right? Twitter. Same thing. It's about building a brand because now that I have a brand online and I have 10,000 followers, 100,000 followers, one day maybe a million followers. Once you have like – a bunch of people that have clicked the follow button said, "Oh, yeah, I like his ideas. I like whatever he has going for him. Whatever." Now, when people see that, they say, "Oh, he must have something going on." It's the yacht, right? Secondly, you can see all the ideas you have, right? You can see what I'm interested in. You can see what it is that I'm. Who you
1: are as a person,
0: and and it, it it's basically that I, now that I meet people, I don't start with square one. I've met people that I've taught that I've talked to that. I've never really talked to before, but they've listened to the podcast. Totally, and it's like they know me already. Yeah, right?
1: it's so it's such a weird feeling. Right? You're like, have we had this conversation before? Like, how do you know all my interests and things like that? It's, it's and so fascinating.
0: it's about reverse engineering that and like basically building your own yacht and utilizing the internet now to where you can have that social proof, you can have that credibility, you can have all these things that before you had to start every single new relationship over from square one. And so now you can start from square three and it's not even just that, oh, people want to do like business with me or people, not even that. I can just filter out the people that I actually want to be around because they appreciate the things that I appreciate. They know what I care about. And if they're not into that, then they probably won't be listening to my podcast or reading my tweets or following me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm Mm -hmm. just not starting over from square zero. I'm like, all right, who is this person I've never talked to ever before in my life? I don't know anything about maybe i'll like them maybe i won't maybe i'll get along with them maybe i won't maybe they can help me out maybe i can help them out maybe not who knows and you just have to start over and there is some serendipity to that right and you probably won't lose that but you're only going to gain opportunity more opportunity to meet these people yeah, whether it's a podcast twitter like an instagram exactly any of those stuff. twitter just dude, putting
1: out your ideas out into the public my roommate yeah. he just got on twitter basically And he saw Luke Clancy's profile because Luke Clancy always tweets and he's kind of in this whole U of I community, right? And he literally went down a whole rabbit hole of looking through Luke's entire Twitter. And he doesn't doesn't even know who Luke is because he saw how much he was tweeting and now he knows all these things about Luke. So now my roommate, maybe if he one day sees a a cool blockchain article or opportunity or something, who will he think of to send that to? Oh, Luke, this, this guy online seems pretty interested in this kind of stuff. Let me share this with him. Now, Luke is just attracted. Luke,
0: or if he meets Luke and says, Oh, like, it's, or, I know what to talk to you about. I not know what you care trash. about. You don't have to start all over and like, Oh, are you interested in this? No? Okay, okay, let's try this. Are you interested in this? Yeah. No? like, and Then finally, maybe finding a way that you can like, Okay, now I can interact and connect with this person. Exactly. No, they already know what I care about, what I like. And we can just talk right about that. And if they're they're interested in the same thing, perfect. Now we connect and we're like
1: three steps farther in our relationship than we would have been otherwise. It's cool for conversation starters too. People who listen to the podcast, they will now come up to me and be like, yo, so what are your actual thoughts on like ashwagandha or something like that? Because they know it's something we've talked about on the podcast. Right. yeah. You know, it's an interesting example of this whole four level thing that comes to mind for me now. Uh, the Tuesday Toast, my newsletter that I have where I send out four, my four favorite tweets every week, right? At the start, when I started this, it was it felt like blind luck. If I'd be on Twitter, I'd just scroll for like a few minutes and I'd be like, I'll I'll get completely lucky if I find a good tweet or not, right? I was like, all right, I don't know how to... This is not working. Then I was like, okay, now if I look through like 500 tweets and really put it... You know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. If I look for 500 tweets, I'm sure I'll find four that are good, right? Now that I've been doing this for more time, I know how to tailor my feed and create lists to find those tweets faster, right? Or based on my like preferences and things like that. And now finally, it's gotten to the point where since I had this newsletter... People know that I'm looking for tweets, all these subscribers that I have, and they will now send me tweets they think are Tuesday Toast worthy. So now instead of me having to go find all these tweets, which I still have to do a little bit, people are sending me a whole influx of tweets that they think I would like or they think that I would put in the Tuesday Toast. So now I've reverse engineered that luck where now I'm getting lucky with people sending me tweets that happen to be really good. So it's saving me a ton of time and work. So it's interesting how this works. (laughs) Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think... Luck is so important
0: because when you just think of luck as like a random concept, ambiguous concept, you think, ah, like it must be nice to get lucky. Like good for the people that got lucky. Good for them. But
1: there's a lot more new. But there's a lot
0: more to that, first of all. And second of all, in almost every situation where someone gets lucky or someone gets successful, there was some level of luck involved with it. Whether it was they worked really hard and got lucky because they worked really hard. They got, they're really smart and brought luck to them, or they were in a position where luck came to them, right? And so it's really important to have luck. And if you can find a way to make that luck work more in your favor versus having to like work super
1: hard for it or just hoping it works out, you'll be a lot better off. Exactly. And I think a lot of people just see luck as just this like big overall term, but I think there should be more nuances to it and people should understand that there's a lot more different types of luck. It's like Eskimos who live out in the uh in the cold. They have when we, when we think of snow, we just say the word snow. Oh, it's snowing because it's like it's not too relevant in their lives. It's just one word. They have like 37 words to describe snow because of how important it is to their lives and how many different variations and how it affects their daily life, right? So I think defining these different types of luck is very helpful in order to like really get involved in this System of finding out how to engineer it more for you.
0: And to think of it like a step by step process is also really important and helpful because it can be easy to see someone at the end of their career where they're successful and say, yeah, it must be nice to be them, lucky them. But you forget that they, at once, they started with hard work. Then they got to being smarter. Then they positioned themselves. You know what I mean? And so it's about understanding that there's levels to it and you have to start somewhere. So you start just by doing a bunch of stuff, and then things start coming to you, right? Mm -hmm. I noticed that, like, in my own life, that when I was, say, when I was a freshman, or even before I came to college, what was I going to do with my life? I don't know. There's all these things I could do, but, like, nothing really was like, you, you can do this, right? I didn't have, like, a bunch of opportunities. I was like, well, go to college, and then figure it out. Then I started doing, you know, maybe different clubs, and now I had opportunities to do, I could do this type of career. And then... So I got maybe into consulting a little bit and then now I started working with people in like small businesses and now this small business, there's this other small business I can do and Mm -hmm. then there's – I meet this guy and he says, oh, you can come live in Austin, Texas with us this summer and you can work with our startups or you can do this or you can – and there's just – the more things you do, the more people you meet, the more action you take, the more opportunity you have and the more luck you get and the more options that you have with your life and what to do and so it's all about like just knowing that there's four types of luck and as you go down the working because if you just worked harder and harder 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 every day and did the same exact thing you might get successful like when i was talking about on this podcast about maybe buying this laundromat that i was gonna buy these people worked 13 hours a day every single day for the last 40 years both of them a couple they're relatively successful but they were just working hard they weren't scaling their business. They weren't optimizing for their their own like work schedule life. They weren't like putting in new security cameras and like whatever or finding a consultant that knows about laundromats and making it better and maybe paying some of their money that they had made. But they had gotten successful. I mean from what they were, I'm sure. They were much more successful at the end and they were going to sell this business for like – half a million dollars, all included with like the real estate and everything. Who knows if they got that much. But all that to say is they did a lot of hard work and they got a lot farther than they were already from when they started if they hadn't worked hard. But then you say, okay, now the next step is now can I work smarter and try to optimize for these lucky things by being smarter in my area. And then finally, if you meet people during that and you have position to where good things come back to you.
1: Now you're golden. Exactly. That's the perfect recipe. And like we mentioned a lot of different realms this could be applied to, right? Like we said scuba diving. We said investment decisions, creating a new drug. Maybe it's relationships that you want to build. Find out what you want to kind of achieve and then reverse engineer it and see how you can get a step-by-step process to make that luck kind of come to you eventually. Um, There's this beautiful quote I love. And this could be like for relationships. This could be for building businesses. This could be whatever it is. But it's like if you don't botch this, it's if you if you try and chase the butterflies, they'll run away. But if you build a beautiful garden, they'll all come to you. And if not, at least you still have a beautiful garden. Right. That's how I feel about like this podcast and all that stuff. So if you're trying to go and meet all these cool people, they might not want to spend that 15 minute coffee chat with you. But if you're building up this thing where they want to come to you now you have much more chance for success. And if they don't come to you, at least you've built up something that you could be proud of.
0: Right? I love that. And you said something about how you shouldn't try to figure out where it is that you want to get that luck and try to optimize for that and try to like reverse engineer how you can make that the best possible. And I would say for a lot of people, that can be hard to figure out what exactly it is that you want. But if you just do something, you'll figure it out along the way. But if you motion. sit there all, all day, all night thinking about it, it's not gonna, you're not gonna get that far because you don't really know because it's all like abstract, ambiguous. Yeah, so have a bias for action. And so just if you guys go do something and you just like start with that first level of luck, just work hard, you're gonna get lucky. And some of that luck might be figuring out what it is that you actually like doing. Yeah. And someone could tell you, I had this opportunity, you do it and you say, wow, this is actually, I love this. I never had this on my mind. I never even thought that I was gonna like be interested in the startup community or interested in whatever, scuba diving or something right Mm -hmm. but now you have this luck because you met met more people
1: and you had these opportunities come to you that you wouldn't otherwise now you can actually find what you actually like to do exactly so kind of summarizing the four levels first blind luck that's just random luck that you can't control second is fortune favors the bowl that's basically the harder you work the luckier you get Um, third is chance favors the prepared mind so you're able to notice when something is going to be lucky because you're prepared for it and you have the knowledge around that space and then finally is reputational luck where just because of who you are, you're gonna get lucky and opportunities are gonna to come to you left and right. So
0: All right. I wish you the best of luck.
1: And Thanks keep, for listening. Let us know if, if you feel like you you apply this in your own life to some extent. It's kinda of cool to hear from our audience as well.
0: Yep. So all right. See take ya. care.